There was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the wedding. When the wine ran short, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, how does your concern affect me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servers, Do whatever he tells you. Now there were six stone water jars there for Jewish ceremonial washings, each holding twenty to thirty gallons. Jesus told them, Fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, Draw out some now and take it to the head waiter. So they took it. And when the head waiter tasted the water that had become wine, without knowing where it came from, although the servers who had drawn the water knew, the head waiter called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves good wine first, and then when people have drunk freely, an inferior one. But you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this as the beginning of his signs at Cana in Galilee, and so revealed his glory, and his disciples began to believe in him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. As my sister and also a number of my friends have become parents, and as their children get older, I've had conversations with them about what kind of the difficult aspects of becoming a parent and as you progress in your life as a parent, those difficulties. And of course, there's always where you have to tell your child no. No, no, no. Not to touch something, not, you know, so, so not to touch something hot. You can't have your dessert before you've eaten everything else on your plate. And those things can be hard. But I think in talking to parents of all ages, whether it is a parent who has someone who, a child who is six years old or a child who is 60, the difficulty of letting one's child go or encouraging a child to take the next steps in their life such as the stages of sending your child off to preschool for the first time and having to say goodbye and not having them with you all day, sending them off to kindergarten, to college, and yes, even to get married or to seminary. And I think the difficulty of encouraging our children, whether they're biological or spiritual, to take the next steps in their life, the steps that they need to take, is also something that we can see taking place in today's gospel. Because we, as we look at today's wedding at Cana, what's really taking place? There's this odd little dialogue between Mary and Jesus in today's gospel. The mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, how does your concern affect me? My hour has not yet come. This odd phrasing, why does, well, Jesus first of all calls his own mother woman, which I think would be a little insulting. But more importantly, like, why does Jesus say, well, how does this concern affect me? My hour has not come. What is he talking about whenever he talks about his hour? What does he mean, my hour has not come? What does that have to do with turning water into wine? Well, this, is, what, this particular gospel today is the one that is seen as kicking off Jesus' public ministry. This is the moment to where his mission, his work of proclaiming the gospel and bringing back in the lost children of Israel, but then all of humanity into the one church, begins here at this wedding by the overflowing of those particular water jars which become wine. What is that about? What is his hour? 
And in John's Gospel, whenever he talks about his hour, the hour of glorification, what John is really talking about, what John's looking forward to and foreshadowing, is Christ's crucifixion on the cross. That he's looking towards the saving act, his saving work on the cross, which stands at the center of every Catholic church. That we are washed in the saving blood of our Lord. That what is turned, what water that is turned into wine, we will then see that in Christ's blood we are washed clean from our sin. That we are made free from our sin. We are freed from the bondage that sin has cast upon us. And that the Lord, through the death, through his death on the cross, will free us from our death and sin. And Mary is ultimately the one that pushes him towards this. And this is something that cannot be overlooked. It is an important thing to remember. That Mary knows full well what is going to happen. If you've ever seen the image of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, you will notice that there is a sword that is piercing through the Immaculate Heart. A reminder of the prophecy of Simeon, which foretold that a sword would pierce our Lady's heart, our Mother's heart, and that she would one day experience the loss of her son on the cross, an image that as you walk to the back of church after Mass today, you will see in the Pieta, that Our Lady knows full well where this leads, that if she encourages her son to turn water into wine, to kick off his public ministry, to begin proclaiming the gospel of repentance and forgiveness, that that eventually leads to the cross. And this is the difficulty of our life in Christ. But this is also the joy of our life in Christ. For indeed, it is only in the cross that we find true joy. The Lord tells us many times throughout the gospel, take up your cross and follow me. It is a difficult thing for us, yes, to take up our own crosses. It's difficult for us to sometimes deal with the person sitting next to you, whether it's at home, in the pew, or wherever it may be. It can be difficult to deal with difficult people, to deal with the different frustrations, sufferings, and difficulties that arise in life, whatever they may be in your individual context. But I think the even more difficult thing to do as Christians is to encourage one another to take up our cross, to encourage one another to embrace what the Lord lies before us, the difficulties and those things that are not easy for us to do ourselves. And that is something that I think is important for us to reflect upon, that we must encourage our children, our spouses, our friends, our flock, to take up their cross and follow the Lord. Because it's only in taking up our cross that we find true joy in this life. Such has been my experience, and such has been the witness of all the saints, and such is the witness of Christ throughout the gospel. We may not like to hear it, but it is true. But it is true. And we can see that from the example of St. Teresa of Avila, who said that it is in suffering that she has found her greatest joy. That what she means in that is not that suffering itself is joy, but instead that in ultimately taking up her cross and doing the will of her Heavenly Father, she finds true joy. And we can even see this on a very human level. Think about the things that have brought you perhaps the greatest amount of satisfaction, whether it's doing some small act of service for, you know, your spouse, making their favorite meal and seeing the underlight, spending some of your own money to buy them a gift that you know they'll enjoy, something that expends something from yourself, 
ultimately is the things that bring us the greatest joy in this life. Even the fact that oftentimes volunteering and those little acts of service that bring joy to our life show us that this is indeed true. But then even on a larger scale, I can oftentimes see the difficulty that parents have whenever a child decides to enter religious life or priesthood. My own parents struggled with that. It is a hard thing to let one's child go into the hands of our God. But nonetheless, it is also my mom has come to realize the greatest joy that she has had. And I think in these lessons, we come to see that encouraging one another to take up our cross is not to encourage one another towards a sort of masochism or sort of suffering that makes us sad, but instead it shows us the path to true joy, that by denying ourselves, by giving of ourselves, by sacrificing a little of whether it's our pocketbook, our time, our attention, our love, we ultimately come to understand what it truly means to take up our cross. Not self-flagellation, not a sort of slapping oneself on the wrist to cause pain, but instead suffering is love, to give from ourselves, to give of our time, to give of our money, to give of whatever it may be the Lord is asking of us. And it's only by giving those things up that then we try in true joy in Jesus Christ, who has given us everything through his death and resurrection.